Hello, you are listening to the Into Their Minds podcast, a platform to have interesting conversations and to share diverse perspectives on the pressing issues of the day. I hope this podcast can provide insights that you can discuss within your own circles and help inspire a more nuanced worldview. I'm your host Gokul Prabhu and in this season, I'm sitting down with a few research students to talk about their experience and on how they're dealing with the current pandemic situation. Today, I am in conversation with Dr. Vaishak Jayadevan, currently a postdoc at the Institute of Physics of the Czech Academy of Sciences, Prague. Hope you enjoy. Yeah, uh, so why don't we start with uh, your self-introduction, where you are currently, what you're doing, and uh, what are your interests? I am Vaishak. Vaishak CP. Uh, I did my PhD from ISER Trivandrum. I worked with Dr. Rajiv Kini. I graduated in 2019 and in 2019, July, I joined my current institute, which is uh, Institute of Physics of Czech Academy of Science. And I, I'm a postdoc here. And yeah, I've been working here since uh, July 2019. So how do you uh, explain your current situation with respect to the pandemic? So how has the pandemic affected you and in what all ways has it affected you? How is your institute back where you're doing a, post- a postdoc or your PhD, um, you know, uh, handling yeah. the whole situation? I think the pandemic has, uh, you know, it, it, it is affecting me on many levels, like most of the people, uh, uh, you know, everywhere in the world, I mean, academically, personally. Um, <laughs> in the beginning, in March, we started to have serious lockdown here in Prague. And um, I did stay home for probably two weeks or something. That too, I did not, I went and went off, went to office once in a while. And though I, I did stay home for maybe two weeks during the hard lockdown, but since April, I frequented my labs. Uh, so what I was supposed to do did not happen uh, almost entirely because of the pandemic. Yeah, I mean, it's just in a standstill. I mean, yeah, that's unfortunate, right? Like almost, yeah, yeah, and specifically to you guys because your works are your work is really uh, stressful and taxing, and a lot of uh, uh, PhDs have to do their work in a continuous stretch of time, and suddenly people are asking you to stop your work yeah. in between, and if you stop them, you'll have to come back again and start from scratch, and that's really uh, taxing and stressful. But my supervisor, uh, he is completely cool about it he's like this pandemic what can you do you that's can true. stay here we'll give you an extension yeah i don't know he i haven't met many supervisors like him i mean he's we have this uh, probably not just me many people in academia business or i mean they will have this what have you done lately in 2020 nothing much i mean to be honest at least not the not, not how much you expected to do because of this but i think I'm not alone in this. Is what I, you Very know, true. I that's mean, my that, go-to thought when I have these people. <laughs> I mean, that's that, that's that's actually very true, and uh, it's 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 important that we remind ourselves that you know it's not just me that mm. uh, everybody is on the same boat because this pandemic is global, yeah. right? Like everybody, somewhere, some in some uh, in, mm. in some way are getting affected by this. I mean, 
there is nothing as global as this pandemic that we have ever seen i mean weather yes it's restricted to one particular area if it's raining here in bangalore to me i can go to, yeah i can go to some other place and have a beautiful weather but i can't do that with pandemic right it's not like i can escape from the boundary of uh, this pandemic uh, so i think people will understand people should understand yeah. that, you know it's this is a tough time uncertain time so you have to yeah, yeah, yeah. Be, uh, that's good uh, you've got a good guide there Yeah. Um, uh, so, but yeah, that I, I don't think we have not seen an imminent crisis like this. Uh, very true. Maybe uh, not after Second World War. That's true. Nobody knows how to. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. So often you get this question from your juniors whenever they want to apply abroad. Uh, you you're usually asked like, what are the procedures and. Uh, what am i supposed to be prepared for when i'm applying for a phd or when i'm applying for a postdoc and this is something common that you have uh, been asked or you have asked your seniors uh, when you're back doing your phd uh, but right now along with that question people also tend to ask how is this pandemic going to affect um, my study in abroad uh, if i plan on doing my phd abroad at the same time there are a lot of people who are trying to reconsider uh, the whole plan of them studying abroad because uh, of the consequences that they might face you know if they travel abroad and the parents would also not be uh, encouraging to their students uh, to their uh, children to send them abroad and all so what do you think of the whole situation do you think students who are planning to apply, apply abroad should re- rethink about uh, you know studying abroad or do you think it's they shouldn't be you know sacrificing um, their goals or dreams on studying for their with respect i mean obviously we can suggest something to them yeah it's, it's on study abroad programs especially for phd's and other things so how do you think this whole pandemic might have affected uh, the uh, the phd programs or do you think it's going to make a lot of difference with how international students are accepted in uh, universities uh i'm not quite sure but i, I... Uh, the thing is uh, i i know a few cases some of my juniors who have applied for uh, you know their phd positions they have got accepted but they had a huge delay in getting their visas i don't know if it's inherently it if it had always been like this in in a german embassy if the procedures took this long but so Uh, otherwise, I, I would, I will have to think about it because yeah, that's true. And also speculate, which uh, yeah, I don't think is a very responsible thing to do. Quickly, I mean, maybe yeah, uh, it's possible that there will be some areas which will have a lot of funding, and some of it will lose it because it's possible that the funding agencies will have their preferences. different after a pandemic so there is i mean there is a general con- consensus that we need to have more funding in science not just in india but everywhere there are many political philosophers who says that uh, you know we have a problem of amnesia we forget pretty fast what happens so once we are out of this pandemic or you know we we might be our politics might be more aligned to have a different kind of status so i don't know i i think it's a very it's very difficult to answer the question so there are some obvious things one should consider when he 
applies for a PhD. For first of all, is uh, is he? I mean, does he really like it? I mean, is this area of research really important to him? I mean, is he passionate about it? That that's very obvious. Second is <laughs> is that we should all be considered about the economic financial aspects. I mean, you should be paid well. That is that goes without saying. These two things are obvious, and uh, one should check with the publication history and how. Uh, you will have a background check about his supervisor and these things are all automatic and one, one will definitely if somebody wants to do a phd he will or a postdoc he will definitely look for these things but uh, when we have this pandemic in the background this is something which these days i think is very important to go to a place which has a very good uh, you know very good public medical program uh, where you don't have to worry too much if you'll have to sell your kidney to get your <laughs> treatment done. Uh, along with the usual things we consider, I think one should also be aware of how good uh, the health sector of a country or a city is. That is very important because one of my friends recently had a, a serious infection here, not corona, but he had a tuberculosis and he had been in, he, you know, he received full treatment for, for five months. He was in the hospital entirely without any extra charges or anything. In Czech Republic, the public health system is pretty good, at least to the ones we have in India. I mean, these are different countries, but I'm not playing a blame game there, but yeah, <laughs> there are very rich countries with very poor health systems. So one has to consider this also. That's true. Um, yeah. This is something, I mean, I, I don't know, uh, something to do with my, how, my <laughs> political leaning also. The, yeah. I believe that governments should be investing. So this, is, this comes from there. <laughs> That's true. I mean, um, another thing that was, um, that the pandemic shed light on in the recent past was on mental health. Uh, a lot of yeah. people, specifically in India, started realizing the severity of uh, severity of mental health and how you know, uh, terrible it can be on a person because uh, almost everybody i know has been affected in one way or the other uh, during the pandemic maybe because of the isolation they were in or maybe because of mm -hmm. very less social interactions so uh, obviously doing a phd itself is a very tough uh, yeah. job so is postdoc so if you don't mind me asking, was there any sort of mental issue or health issue that you went through during this lockdown? And if so, um, what were the ways you, uh, you know, what are the things you did so as to overcome them, like to make yourself feel better? Because the reason why I'm asking this is there might be somebody who might have felt the same thing as what you have done, you have felt, and mm -hmm. you helping them out with what you did to help yourself out could, you know, uh, help them understand, uh, you know, uh, do better. Mm -hmm. Maybe yeah. you can talk about your uh, the stories you've heard about your friends or like someone you know uh, during the pandemic. Yeah, so 
so I, the second you know when i said the pandemic had uh, you know it affected not just academically it also affected me personally is that uh, I, i i don't want to talk i'm not a very uh, i'm not an extrovert i i i you know it's okay for me to talk to my friends once in a week i don't want to socialize all the time but uh, i don't like sitting in my room all the time that was very draining for me i i had to go out and uh, yeah so you couldn't do that for a really long time i had you know extensive plans for you know trips all around the country and abroad i mean during the summer and spring and summer i had planned a lot of hikes from places people do yeah usually you know when none of that happened i, I was devastated really so uh, that that actually did made me very sad <laughs> to be honest but there was nothing i could do about it back then but then once the restrictions were a bit eased in czech republic after the first wave mm. i did travel a little bit within the country and uh, i started to explore the parts of cities which uh, i the prague is a very beautiful city so yeah i travel i mean walk around a lot i don't know how much it helped i'm still very sad about all that plants that couldn't <laughs> so you the thing is one go to thought i always have is that it's not just me there are like billions of people who go through the same thing that help i mean this tunnel vision can actually really make you very very depressed and mm. so i've heard my friends say that when they complain about the pandemic i say that i mean you know you're not alone yeah. but the thing is uh, at least if, if i was stuck in iser like my some of my juniors yeah. my situation is at least a little better i can still go around to my the park and again roam around in city at least yeah. some areas so yeah um, i manage my life with this thought so yeah so often you know like once we pass a phase like say when you graduate from your 10th standard to your like 11th or 12th or from 11th or 12th to undergraduation or from undergraduate to phd phd to postdoc so there's always a sort of realization we have you know oh, okay i should have done this a couple of years back so that would have been uh, an advantage to me right now i should have mm-hmm. done this in my undergraduate so that in my phd when i'm doing it right now elsewhere uh, it's going to you know it could have helped me in this way is there something mm-hmm. you regret not doing or doing uh, in your past and the reason why i'm asking this is because there you could help a lot of your juniors to start developing those skills or something right now so that it could benefit them in that when they're mm-hmm. doing their phd or something yeah one think i always regretted is not taking math very seriously mm. uh thing is i always done this i mean even in my when i i did my iphd there so during my bachelor days i would ignore my subsidiary math lessons like anything i i learned that only to survive i, I shouldn't have done that this is something i regret to this date and probably many you probably have heard this from this is the same mm. <laughs> regret from many people but 
ignoring math when you do physics is not a good thing. <laughs> even though i i was always inclined towards experimental physics i thought if there if something comes up i can manage it then i mean if that that that's a mistake i some people shouldn't do that and and deciding too early is another because i've seen many of my iser juniors and colleagues who, who had made up their mind too early when they they are really not in a position to make a very informed choice uh, i know students who come to iser to learn say chemistry they had they make up their mind when immediately when they leave or they get admitted to iser i think those decisions can be made later when so when you have more information or more, you can have it as a informed choice i i had made up mind that i'll be doing experimental science immediately you know when i got into my phd not that i regret this choice but i i sometimes doubt whether it was the right thing to have made that decision too early so that is something uh, i tell if some of my students some of my sorry juniors ask me what should i do i'm like you keep an open mind about what you want to do gather as much information as possible and then make a decision yeah. and uh, and and yeah i mean if, if you make a decision with the maximum possible uh, you know amount of information you have with you i think that's the best you can do but make sure that one one should make sure that they have all the information they need to i, I think that you've raised a very important point because often um, when i see or even we sometimes have, have very less patience you know uh, and often we yeah. don't have those uh, that that sort of open mind towards exploring the things yeah. for instance i've seen a lot of people who from their first year start working in one particular lab and continue for the rest of their undergraduation yeah um, which i do not appreciate because i personally would want to or have then internships in multiple labs where i get an exposure of multiple you know subjects and then i yes. uh, choose what among them interests me the most and then pursue because often what happens if you start with one lab uh, which, which is a very good thing to do yeah uh, but so, uh, so w- what you said is very much correct because in <clears throat> i sir uh, these days not these i mean i have been seeing this because i i've stayed at iser for 7 years so uh, during which i've seen people who join a lab immediately when they come in to secure their position there very true with yeah but the thing is i don't know they are compelled to do that is because of peer pressure and due to that when they have to choose a major project will they ever get something they really want mm-hmm. so it, there is this problem i mean and even faculties prefer students who are experienced in their lab mm-hmm. to do yeah. their master projects so that they can give serious projects to them if there's something uh, what i would uh, advise uh, you know who are, who's doing their psms and isers to not to fix anything to try out things i did not try out much i regret that i made decisions too early because of this fear 
Yeah, one one can avoid that if. if... Yeah, I mean uh, that's the thing. So it's a good point you raise because a lot of uh, students could benefit at least from now. They should they, they can start exploring because often what happens is you see one senior who is doing the same thing and you sort of try to follow because you think that could be the uh, you know the normal way or the you know the general way of doing things. But unless because uh, and also people are really scared to explore different fields before as you said they want to uh, fixate their uh, presence mm-hmm. in the lab. the professor so often professors mm-hmm. it also depends on the professors because professors always choose someone who is working in the lab for like four years rather than coming to lab in the for one year and then doing something yes i yes. think that needs to be they, if they trained somebody for so long they want to keep that so yeah so it's not just the students uh, it's the, i think the whole system drives them in this direction i, I guess <clears throat> you look deeper there are a couple of advantages which we could recognize um, with respect to the whole pandemic situation for instance yeah. you might have heard about um, uh, these talks in the beginning of the pandemic where people started talking about how the environment is sort of healing up because of the whole you know uh, slow down and the movement of vehicles yeah. or like everything so yeah could you think of any such advantages or disadvantages that uh, Um, the pandemic has brought uh, with respect to the uh, your research field or you can also talk in general one 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 advantage could be that uh, at least some people have an idea on 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 what the real issues are i, I guess mm-hmm. now we know that um, what 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 can really save us mm-hmm. <laughs> science i mean your rational i hope that this will translate to funding more funding in science for mm. relevant areas and uh, yeah at least people will think what would a scientist do and what if there's a crisis i mean instead of imagining what you know uh, what church would do or mm. what you know what a politician would do hmm. i think that 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 kind of a change might have happened because i believe that human beings are we frequently come across this uh, comparison where we are frogs sitting in boiling pot we stay there until you know we die i mean many of our big ecological and political problems are like i mean uh, something of this sort we just sit there nothing goes terribly bad from day to day so we probably will have a different take on this at least some people will have a different take on this thing probably will believe more in science so i don't know but i hope more people believe you know the scientific the method Uh, yeah that was that was a very good perspective you um, uh, talked about you know uh, how we should start respecting um, uh, science and you know prioritize that over other things we often tend to believe in yes um, yes uh, i mean a, i think even politically people sh- that is one question politic- people should ask what have you done in the area of healthcare for example or public health 
Yeah, it's immediately visible in our politics. But I hope this trend continues and with the next uh, during an election, at least in the developing world, people should be talking about stuff like this rather than statues or walls, big you know cross country walls and stuff like that. This could, to a little bit, to small extent, uh, you know, change our political narrative or political conversations. True, that's true. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that was an interesting answer. I mean, you've given some really interesting answers, which, you know, sort of gave me a different perspective to look through a lot of things. That's exactly what I was expecting from this really? interview. No, honestly, honestly, I did. Uh, uh, I, I thought I would be completely useless because... Um, no, 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 definitely not. I mean... The, because I, I don't consider a real... You know, very serious academician. No, uh, no. Just, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like everybody so, is good at something, and your answers. The reason why I like your answers the most is they're they're very simple, and uh, it does sound very obvious, but something that we wouldn't have thought about. You know, when you were answering, it was very obvious to me, but I never thought through it. And it was very simple for me to mm -hmm. understand also. It was not really scientific where you're talking about scientific terms and for me to process everything and understand. It was something that I could easily understand. It was something my mother could easily understand. It's, it's that way. <laughs> and uh, that's exactly yeah. what I was looking forward uh, to this interview. And I'm really yeah. happy about that. Thank very you. interesting enterprise. So I'd like to thank you. Someday I can. And <laughs> thank you again for making this interview. No problem. And it was very nice talking to you, man. But yeah. I did most of the talking, so yeah, <laughs> maybe fine. next time I, like... I interview you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, then. I'll see you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Have a nice weekend. Yeah, man. Thank you. <laughs>